Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's Monday, August the 1st. Happy birthday, horses in Australia, and welcome everybody to a new week of no dunks. Uh, well, somewhat of a new week anyway. We're starting off with a little something different here. It's uh, me solo in the studio. I'm flying solo within here, but of course I'm not really by myself because the man making the magic happen. Nothing would happen without JD. <laughs> JD. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Uh, welcome back, Lee. Thank you. Thank been you. been a while. Thank, yeah, it's been a few weeks. Took some time off with the family, did some traveling. and uh, Yeah, good to be back in the studio and back, uh, back to the grind. You look maxed. And relaxed. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say it was the most relaxing uh, trip. I, I would say we tried to max it out as much as we oh, could. But um, uh, yeah, not, not uh, Europe's a little bit... Uh, look, I'm not looking for any pity from anyone. I had a great time, no doubt about that. But uh, certainly there was a feeling that uh, people were ready to get out and travel. And uh, yeah. yeah, we had some fun times. Uh, what about yourself? How was uh, things since I last saw you in uh, Vegas? You know, holding it down. We're, we've, we're launching new shows left and right. Yes. Uh, we got no bunts. We got no breaks. Uh, it's been a very busy off season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Usually it's a little, uh, you know, take some time, but uh, no, we're cranking things out over yeah. here. Yeah. And you're the only common denominator with all these shows here. I uh, am. Yeah. Um, well, we, I got to hire somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what we've got coming up ahead here for yeah. those who are in the Stream Team Live. Tomorrow, Tuesday, 10 a.m., Graydon Gordian with uh, Brian and Matt from the Red Flags podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Going to break down the Hungarian GP that happened uh, yesterday. Fantastic race. I won't spoil it, but uh, man, great stuff there. Uh, and then Wednesday, Tass is back in the studio with his banger, No Bunts, with uh, the Athletics' Jason Starks. Yes. Uh, so that's been, uh, Tass has been having a lot of fun with that. I've been seeing a lot of the clips going around. Uh, it's great stuff. Are you a baseball head now yourself? Or what? Uh, oh, yeah. I'm all in on <laughs> baseball now. Savannah Bananas, go. Oh, go yeah. Savannah Bananas. Yeah, yeah. We haven't heard from them when we said I'd be happy to go and play a, uh, a game for them in the uh, in the summer. Oh, but wait. They offered you to play a game? Oh, I offered to them that I would oh, like to come and play, oh, yeah. But uh, nothing happened yet. <laughs> and then, how's this for a scoop? I'm back on the first day back in the office and I've got a scoop. Go on. On Thursday, we've got a brand new podcast, That's another right. brand new podcast with a throwback, Matty O. Yep. I it, mean, like we're, we work sort of keeping it under our hats, but yeah. why? Why bother? Like, exactly. let's ha- let's hype this up. Yeah. This is a, a, a Matt Austin vehicle that we are launching here on Thursday, uh, and I I can't wait. Yeah. And um, it's not basketball related. <laughs> well, it couldn't be, right, really. Is it the complaint? I mean, you, you, you've spoken to him. Tell us a little bit more about what we can expect. 
The show is called Is This Good? Mm. Question mark. And I'll just leave it at that. I think it pretty much speaks <laughs> yes. for itself. <laughs> yes, that uh, with Matt could go in any direction. Anyway, that'll be uh, you, me, Matt, and Tass. Uh, That's right. So the first one. That's the, right. very, the very first episode. I'm looking forward to that 1 p.m. because Matt, of course, is out on the West Coast in Los Angeles. Correct. So that will be local time for him, 10 a.m. So he couldn't get up before 10 a.m. to do that. Uh, <laughs> instead, we have to do it. But um, anyway, so so that's the week ahead now. JD, listen, I have to say this to you. Yeah. If, uh, if Kevin Durant and Donovan Mitchell get traded here this morning, <laughs> it's you and me. It's you and All me. Right, okay? I'm ready. So, uh, and uh, one other thing I wanted to ask you, JD, because yeah. I know you're a, you're a bit of a soapy TV fan. Oh, yes, I am. And you also spent some time in in Melbourne, in Australia. I have, in, yes. in, the, in the early 90s there. Yeah. Did you see the big, big news over the weekend? I didn't. Uh, neighbors? Is this Neighbors related? <laughs> Done. Neighbors. What? Final episode uh, of Neighbors, yeah. O-M-G. Yeah. Wow, Kylie Minogue came from Neighbors, yeah, right? Yeah, she, Margot Robbie came from That's Neighbors. Right. Liam Hensworth. Um, there's a few, I don't know, Holly Valance, I don't know if you know her. Um, Natalie Imbruglia, Guy Pearce. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Russell Crowe made a, uh, a cameo wow. on there. 37 years at last. Wow. And Kylie Minogue came back for the final episode. Okay. She said three words. What were they? They were like, I'm uh, back, baby. No, I think she said, We're home. And then she said, Harold, because she saw Harold. She said three words. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she must have shot it kind of without the rest of the crew around as well. I think she was, look, it's a bit blasphemous to say, maybe, because Kylie's a, you know, such a, a, an icon in Australia. <laughs> yeah. But sounds like she was a bit Deaver-esque, like oh, three words. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, come on, Kyles, come on. We got Kylie yeah. for three words. Yeah. And, and I was wondering, I mean, like, like I don't know if yeah, internationally anymore she'd be the biggest. I mean, Margot Robbie would probably be bigger oh, than her, wouldn't she? Margot Robbie, 100%. Yeah. yeah I yeah. mean, Russell Crowe. Right, yeah. But, but Russell Crowe was more a, uh, a cameo rather yeah. than a regular um, uh, character, whereas uh, Margot Robbie was on it for a while. Oh, so, and yeah. right now, it's absolutely, yeah. it's Margot Robbie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> get out of here. Yeah, I mean, Kylie <laughs> probably still in Britain and, and you know, maybe yeah. within Australia, but internationally. Sure. Anyway, 37 years later and... Wow. Uh, you know, there we go. So um, that's making me nervous for cores now. Why is that? Well, I mean, if if, if neighbors can fall, you know that cores is well. On, it could be next. And the reason they fell was because it wasn't they couldn't get a TV deal in England to keep really? neighbors going. Yeah, that's where oh all the money God. was coming from. So uh, yeah, no one, you know. Anyway, it was great. It was uh, well, it wasn't great. I, no, I, I no, watched no, it. It wasn't great. I, I watched the uh, final episode, but the thing is, I haven't really watched it for, for thirty years. So. Yeah. The, a lot of the characters, I was like, I had no, had no idea who these people yeah. were. So, anyway, neighbors. R.I.P. 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 Okay, well, let's get to uh, the reason why we're here today because I'm popping open a pack. Haven't done it for a while, and I'm bringing in one of the OG bloggers. He's the second most famous man from Indiana behind John Mellencamp. <laughs> He's from Lafayette, Indiana. He is Kelly Dwyer. KD on Hoops, welcome to Poppin' Packs. Kelly Cougar Dwyer, ready to pop. <laughs> thanks now, for having me on, guys. Hey, thanks for being here. How are things going, Kelly? Uh, I'm a subscriber to your fantastic newsletter there, The Second Arrangement. Uh, I love uh, I love the breakdowns you do. I love the information you provide. I love the throwbacks. You had the one there last week uh, with Danny Ainge uh, ripping on Antoine Walker in the 2003 three-point shootout in one of the most um, bizarre three-point shootouts we've ever seen, just the flat-footed heaves from Antoine Walker. So uh, how's it all going there at the second arrangement? It's going great. We got something coming up on Magic Johnson wanting to play with Shaq and Kobe. We got something on Latrell Sprewell 
going to the Washington Bullets, not the Wizards. Uh, if if you missed out on any uh, NBA headlines from 1996, I got you covered <laughs> in the next couple of installments of the second arrangement of Substack. Go uh, go scope it out. It's a good time. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, $5 a month. Very, very much worth the investment. And uh, Kelly does some great stuff. And, uh, well, you know, talking about 1996, that's going to be perfect for where we're going for today. But before we actually get into the cards, uh, we obviously had some, some sad news yesterday. Uh, one of the greatest basketball players, one of the greatest humans, one of the greatest people to have ever graced the planet. Bill Russell sadly uh, passed away at 88 years of age. Um, Look, I mean, there's very few people who have ever achieved what Bill did, not only on the basketball court, but his impact off the court as well. Uh, I mean, he's got all the accolades there. 11-time NBA champ, two as a coach, a five-time MVP, two NCAA uh, championships, Olympic gold medalist. And he also broke some uh, barriers there, becoming the first black coach of any North American pro sports team. He received the President's uh, Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2011. But I think even just more than that, I think every time uh, anyone talks about basketball and some of the greatest players of all time, Bill Russell, certainly in that top three, four, five group, uh, a, a fantastic athlete and a fantastic competitor. Kelly, uh, any, any words, any thoughts you would like to add there? Just, uh, I, he, he changed the game. There, there were certain shots you couldn't take anymore, like certain this got me to the all-star game and got my team to the final shots. <laughs> you could not release a hook shot from, from below six foot 11 after, after Bill Russell, you could not, you know, mess around on a flat footed jumper. You had to, you had to pay attention to what was happening over your shoulder in the fast break, all the stuff that we take for granted in the today's game. That seems so normal. Bill Russell brought to basketball and uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm happy in a way because I remember when Will passed away and no one was ready for it. It was, it was a, it was a, obviously this is a drag, but that was a, that was a surprise. Mm. And, and, and it was, it was dark and it was unfortunate. We really just hadn't gotten a chance to say thank you to him. And, and Russell got that for the last quarter century. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. And uh, as you put uh, expertly, it was uh, it, just the list of accomplishments is, is obscene and take that all away. And he's still, you know, a hall of famer for just the way he changed the game on the court without getting to all the ways uh, him and his stiff upper lip and and all the stuff he learned from his father. I'm reading a book about him right now. Uh, just the way he stood up for himself from day one and and set precedents for himself and others and, and did not... You know, standing up for him on the road and, and when they were you know, denied service in Southern hotel rooms, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sticking up for other players, sticking up for, you know, basically developing the idea of, of a superstar NBA player. I mean, he didn't practice. He sat and sipped tea and read the newspaper <laughs> during practice because he gave it all on the court and his coach wanted him there in June. And uh, he's he's just he was the first modern NBA player ahead of uh, Mike and ahead of, uh, you know, anyone else from the early 50s who had a little bit of spirit a jump on Joel Folks or something like that. They immediately became an anachronism because of Bill Russell. So I'm happy. I'm very happy in a way that that he got to go around and, and shake hands and be on TV and have, you know, give awards away and have everyone know who the heck he was. So uh, uh, what a, what a life. Yeah. And I think that's a thing. I mean, there's a lot of times we talk about former players and they sort of rip on the younger generation or whatever. I think Bill, that was one thing about him is he always uh, appreciated and applauded the, the, you know, the way that the game has changed and how great the game is still becoming. There was never any, you never felt there was any tension there between, uh, you know, him getting lost in, in, in years gone by or anything like that. He, he, 
he very much loved the way the game was going. And, and also, I think his personality, we saw, I'm sure you saw it yesterday on Twitter, there were tons of clips going around of him, you know, being a funny guy, having this incredible sense of humor, you know, giving the bird to Charles Barkley and to Vince Carter and, you know, calling out those uh, those other Hall of Fame centers uh, at the NBA Awards that, that time with, you know, I think it was Alonzo and uh, uh, Dikembe, you know, saying, oh, I'd beat all you guys, you know. So he had uh, this fantastic uh, charisma about him that he was able to uh, maintain throughout his entire life and uh, he, he will be sadly missed. So we certainly pass on our condolences to his wife, Janine, his entire family uh, and, and all Bill's friends and everyone who he touched. I'm sure his funeral uh, and his remembrance ceremony is going to be one of the, you know, it's going to be a huge, huge turnout. Everyone from the basketball world was uh, no doubt impacted and affected by by Bill Russell. So uh, rest in peace, Bill, and uh, we wish uh, him and his family all the best uh, going forward. Okay, well, uh, now, Kelly, what we're really here for is to uh, pop open some packs. And as I mentioned, your uh, your Substack always dives deep into sort of mid-90s basketball. I know that's when you covered the game really, really closely, or, or sort of, you know, when you began uh, following it and getting up close and personal. And uh, today's a great day, August the 1st. I, I don't know if you know why, but do you know August the 1st, the year 2000, what happened? 2000. Mm. Uh, was Derek Anderson traded to Portland? Oh, not quite, but there was a major trade that happened uh, in August 1, 2000. This is thanks to NBA Cobwebs. I saw this on the timeline just before we started here. The Miami Heat trade PJ Brown, Jamal Mashburn, Otis Thorpe, fantastic stuff there, Tim James, Rodney Buford to the Charlotte Hornets for, can you think of any of the players who came back in that deal? They got Eddie Jones That's was right. in that deal. They got Mason turned into an all-star yep. with Miami that year. Uh, uh, boy, I think that just about fills up the contract. No, I'm just going to get out there while I <laughs> There's can. a couple of other classic. Uh, there's the one, the one guy who, uh, one of the first three-point uh, shooters in the NBA. Uh, he's from Marietta. He's got a great surname. I love his surname the most. Uh, former Seattle Supersonic, former Dallas Maverick. Uh, went to the Denver Nuggets. Just a gunner with a great surname. Number three what for the great Seattle Suit. Great. <laughs> Edric Bohannon? No, Dale Ellis. And, Dale Ellis. Uh, yeah. Oh, and of, and of course, the man who had the most uh, juiced triple-double in NBA history, uh, Ricky Davis, also oh, goodness invoked gracious. in that deal. That's so, right. Uh, they were going to run with him. Gosh. <laughs> so, Ricky Davis was, was so fun in Charlotte. Go oh, find yeah. that on YouTube. Oh, yeah. He, he was always great fun to watch. I mean, uh, you know, love him or hate him, you couldn't stop watching him no matter what he was going to do out there. So... Uh, great. So what I've got here anyway, Kelly, um, I've got all these packs of cards and uh, I'm going to show them to you and then you can choose where you want to go. You can start here with an upper deck 91-92 uh, pack we've got. We've got one of my favorite packs, this NBA Jam session from 93-94. That uh, one is that, huge. Look at that Mylar. Uh, oh my gosh. It's it's an incredible one. Then we've got a Skybox inaugural um, version. I think this is from 1990 there. That's a classic. Then we've got another Skybox premium from 94-95 with a special Grant Hill uh, insert set in there. We've got 12 packs there. We've got Antoine Walker here. On the uh, NBA tops tip-off from 99, uh, 2000. That's great. And then we've got a few others here. I've got oh, more Skybox. I've got another Skybox, 91, 92 there. Uh, upper Deck. What have we got? Yeah, we've got Upper Deck. Lightning Bolt. And then we've also got this crazy six-sticker pack of Upper Decks from Michael Jordan on the front there. I'm guessing that's from about 96, 97. Can't actually see it there, but uh, we got that. And then we got a couple of uh, more modern versions here. These are from last season, NBA Hoops, 21-22 season. So uh, 
So where do you want to go? Where do you want to start I'd love, here? I'd love to do that giant skybox. Okay. And any of those, any of those other skyboxes just look impossible to get. I mean, those things could last another millennium with those that that pack job they had. Yeah. On there. Is this the one you mean? This the NBA? Sure. Games? Yeah. 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 Great. 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 I have done this a couple of times with some other guests, and it's always a banger. So I'm running out of them, but it's worth it. So uh, let's have some fun now. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, the rules are. If uh, if I get a checklist card, I have to weed it, and JD's going to police that. He did that last time when I had Ariel Hawani. I tried to get that's away right. with it, and uh, <laughs> JD was insistent on me trying to weed it, so that's it. And then the other rule is if we get Otis Thorpe, technically we haven't got him even though we've already mentioned him, then uh, we just all win. It's, it's just a it's just a great day in the NBA world. So, um, OT Otis Thorpe. Okay. Wow. Okay. What a start. This. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Very good start, but we've got a guy with a jersey with no name, no team number, uh, no team name, and no number on it. But um, you certainly know this guy because he was a uh, he was the uh, a very high draft pick in 1993, and uh, he also had a very very famous controversial uh, contract situation after his first season. And uh, who, who didn't back then? Yeah, so we're looking at SeaWeb. We are looking at look at this for SeaWeb though. Uh, here, I'll pop it up there. See if you can see it. Look at that. No, <laughs> no jersey or no number, no name, no team. Just uh, Michigan can't give that up. You yeah, can't, you can't let that happen. Yeah. They probably switched out the shoes. Those used to be Air Hirachis, but they put in some <laughs> some typical stock Nikes or something. Uh, yeah, Chris That's Kyle Weber. Uh, that was pretty crazy because he had, of course, in his rookie season, that famous behind-the-back dunk on Charles Barkley. But uh, what was what, what do you remember about you know that that time? Because he had a seven-year contract, I believe. Um, yeah, that was the before the rookie scale contract. Yeah, and you could just sign a thirty-two year contract with an opt-out after three months. Yeah, and it was it was like an NFL team. It was it was fantastic. Uh, Eric Montrose had an eleven-year contract. Daniel Marshall <laughs> had a nine-year contract. Uh, and yeah, what if he said Weber had like a seven-year contract, but you know, with the ability to leave his team after a year or two years or whatever it was? Yeah. And, uh, boy, howdy, did he get out of there? Oh yes, he did. Yes, he did. And he uh, he moved to the Washington Bullets, of course. Uh, had some time there before moving on to the Sacramento Kings. I mean, where do you where, where do you remember? Like, if someone says Chris Weber, what's the first team you think of there? Bullets, bullets, yeah. red, really, because that was we. It, instead of the Kings were great and it was fun and was the best team in basketball but with the bullets. You were everyone's favorite. Second favorite team was, was the Warriors back then. Right. We were always waiting for the Warriors to hit. And when he finally hit in Washington, it was great. It was, he felt like, a, you know, especially for younger fans, it was, it was fun to have someone kind of stick it to Nelly and stick it to sports illustrated and stick it to all the, you know, the, the, the people have been given the same stick to Gen X players and right. Webb and, and Juwan Howard and Strickland to take that team to the playoffs in 97 was, was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, was that the last year though with the bullets in 97? Mm -hmm. I think, I think so. Yeah. Okay, great. Moving on here. We've got a guy who, uh, began his career with the LA Lakers and, uh, but I sort of think of him more of his, um, as a Minnesota Timberwolf. Uh, he Tony was Campbell? who, Tony Campbell? No, not Tony Campbell. Uh, this guy was uh, a left-handed, um, not really a point guard, more a shooting guard. And Anthony Peeler. Anthony Peeler. I was going to say, you might see him in the kitchen from time to time. Uh, here he is, Anthony Peeler. <laughs> <laughs> do, they, do they make left-handed potato peelers? I don't know. That, that might be <laughs> kind of question. tough. Great question, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, what do you what do you, what uh, what sort of stands out to you from Anthony Peel there? Because he, for me, I think he was a sort of uh, on that first team after the uh, like Magic retired year, I believe, um, mm -hmm. about ninety two, ninety three. 
Yeah, and then they traded him uh, to Vancouver to uh, for second-round picks. Thank you, Stu Jackson, to get uh, Shaquille O'Neal. My favorite memory <laughs> of Anthony Peeler is during the lockout year. Uh, I was a freshman at the University of Missouri, and they had an Anthony Peeler day at the right. football game. And uh, I did not make the event because I had my wisdom teeth taken out, mm-hmm. and I was uh, uh, sleeping in my uh, dorm cot. And all my friends got home from the football game and told me, hey, they had an Anthony Peeler day, Mr. NBA. Hey, hey, Kelly, they had an Anthony Peeler day. But he didn't show up to Anthony Peeler day. <laughs> and it's the lockout right now. What, why, what did he have to do, Anthony Peeler? So that's, that's my Anthony Peeler story is a no-show with no excuse. Wow. That's, uh, that's why we do this segment, though. I mean, who would have thought we would have been talking about an Anthony Peeler day that he didn't even show up to? I didn't mean, that, that's, just, uh, that's just incredible stuff. Well, this guy, if he ever showed up anywhere, you couldn't miss him because he was a giant, a European giant, had a game winner against the New York Knicks in about 19. 19- 1990, it's 94 or 95 in the playoffs, um, and uh, one of the uh, one of the very few players from this country, uh, this country in Europe. I'd big, say Rick Smith. You probably. would be correct by saying Rick Smith's there. Yes, there he is, the big seven four Dutchman. Um, Beautiful. Yeah. That's the most he's ever bent his knees in 15 NBA years. <laughs> he's got the pumps on there by the look of it. He's got pumps. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's uh, that's great. Yeah, the uh, what, 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 what you know, you know the one I'm thinking of where he has that uh, game winner against the Knicks. Is that um, is that '94 or '95? I think it's there in uh, Market Square Arena. If I'm yeah, it's right. one of those just post MJ middle yeah. middle seasons. Was like, oh gosh, I guess a team with Rick Smith leading the way can win an NBA title right now. Yeah. This is uh, this is some interesting stuff. Yeah, he was he was great. He retired. He could have played a couple extra years. Yeah, hopped on the uh, you know the, the 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 counting stats. He was a, he was a heck of a player. But he was they were they were going to make that switch to the Isaiah Thomas uh, situation yeah. in Indiana. He's like, ah, you know, I think I'm going to retire while I can still walk. Yeah. And and d- didn't he go on to be a, like a motorbike guy? Hmm. I think he maybe maybe. I think um, if anyone Google's Rick Smiths and motorbikes, he had like a motorbike team or something. Well, let's ask I, the uh, stream team because there's people live now watching this on YouTube. If anyone knows if Rick Smiths got into uh, uh, what did you say, motorsports or I motor? Believe, I believe it's a bike situation. Wow, that hills and excite bike and that that whole thing. Massive. Um uh, massive. Uh, <laughs> bu- oh, someone in the stream team is saying it's Smith's buzzer beater was against the Magic and not the Knicks. Uh, I think, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Tree Rollins. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Thanks, uh, thanks for that. Came through from Googs seven seven one. Maybe that's Tom Googliotter in the stream team. Not sure. Um, okay, next we've got definitely one of the most fiery players from the nineteen nineties. He won a championship in ninety four, but it was very, very bitter to not be a part of the nineteen ninety five team. <laughs> Uh, in fact, he entered the stands at one point. I can't remember exactly the circumstances, but he had a, also had a 50-point game uh, one he point. He had 50, cool. Yeah, and uh, I think everyone remembers this guy, and he, he's great follow on One Twitter. of the best followers on Twitter, yeah, yes, absolutely. he's always ripping on the Utah Jazz. So I know you know who this one is. Vernon Maxwell. Mad Max, Vernon Maxwell. There he is, yeah. I've tried to get him to be on um, Pop and Packs, but... Uh, that would be just yeah. That would be perfect. That would be that'd be a four-hour episode. Oh yeah, and uh, I just you know hope you get Adam Keefe and Shannon Anderson and then any other Utah Jazz you can put in there. <laughs> That's great. Adam Keefe is um is the great trivia question. I believe he was the uh, fifth fifth starter for the nineteen ninety eight mm-hmm. Jazz uh, in the finals. Is that right? I yeah. Think? yeah, yeah. For most of the like the, the aforementioned Shannon Anderson like ticked yeah. off Jerry Sloan in the middle of the season. So he's like, I'm just gonna play a six foot ten power forward in yeah. your place and uh 
and win 64 games. Yeah, well, the good thing about Vernon Maxwell, I think he has finally gotten over his, uh, you know, his trade away from the Rockets in '94, and he's uh, and he's moved past it now because he was uh, he held on to that for a while. He was very very upset. Um, you know that they did trade him away, but uh, I think he's as the time has passed, he's he's accepted that's the way it goes. And uh, you know, but Fam has been good to Vernon. Fam has been good to Vernon. We we appreciated his skills. He could be a right now player, and yeah. uh, you know, we kind of understand him when people go in the stands. If we if you've been to a few <laughs> NBA games, you've yeah, well, seen those guys. I think I think he said. I mean, this is not something shocking to hear, but um, you know, the '94 Bulls. I think I believe they uh, the Rockets beat the Bulls. Uh, in '94, without Jordan, but they, uh, or, or no, no, in '93, I believe the Rockets beat the Bulls during the regular season. And he said, if they could have gotten to the finals, they would have beaten the Bulls. But of course, you've got to get to the finals first. They weren't able to do that. So uh, anyway, that West, that West, yeah, brutal West. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, this next player, you'll definitely remember him because uh, he's a very uh, laid-back character. And uh, began his career with the Dallas Mavericks. He moved. In fact, he was also a part of the uh, Indiana Pacers 2000 team. I think this guy was a three-time, a three-time NBA runner-up. I believe uh, one time with the Los Angeles Lakers in '91, oh. one time with the Seattle SuperSonics in 1996. And oh, then, I gotcha. And then one time with the Indiana Pacers in the year 2000. Big lefty. Uh, hit a game, hit the game-winning shot in Game One of the 1991 NBA Finals against the Chicago Bulls. One of Jerry West's favorite players of all time. Absolutely, and, and again, could just be maybe an All-Star right now. Sam yeah. Perkins. Sam Perkins. There he is. Yeah, yeah. Um, Look at that uniform. Yeah, that's so that's so good. Also, a member of that uh, iconic 1984 draft. And um, was he a? Uh, he was a uh, North Carolina, wasn't he? Is he? Yep. A, yeah. Yeah. yeah, made the uh, cover of Sports Illustrated with uh, James Worthy and I believe Matt Doherty and and some other and uh, De- uh, Dean Smith wouldn't let Michael Jordan make the cover because uh, mm. freshmen don't make the uh, cover of That's Sports right. Illustrated according to That's Dean Smith. Right. So, so Jordan yeah. was denied his first ever cover. Yeah, yeah, Big Sam. Uh, you know, I think I think the story goes that he did play in a do rag during a, a preseason mm. game too. There towards the end of his career, he always he earned it. Yeah, he always, he always looked like he was, uh, you know, never in a rush, which is, uh, you know, it was just the way he was. You know, he always looked pretty casual and pretty cool. Look up his three-point shootout. It it took it took <laughs> it took twice as long as Antoine Walker's. I can't remember the year, yeah. but uh, I think it's still going actually. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's making his way to the middle rack. Yeah, I, I wonder though if he hit the money balls because uh, you know that was that one against against the Bulls. I remember Magic made the pass, and I think it's Horace Grant closing out. It's a huge mm-hmm. shot. Um, but I, I was always disappointed because I remember the early Mavericks Lakers rivalry of that sort of you know mid to late eighties before um, before he went to uh, the Lakers and and he was a huge part of those Mavericks teams with Rolanda Blackman, Mark Aguirre, Roy Tarpley, um, and uh, I, I I sort of wish you know the Mavericks had, had kept that team together, but of course Mark Aguirre won it out of there and went to the Pistons and uh, they kind of fell apart after that. Yeah, I mean they 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 had a bum draft pick and Randy White and uh, it's it's a whole sad thing in Dallas with mm. with Roy Tarpley, but yeah, Perkins saw the writing on the wall and got to LA as quickly as he could. Yeah, one of the first big free agents. Okay, we got another uh, we got another guy here, a first round draft pick for the Portland Trailblazers, but he, it's like Chris Webber off the top there. He's got no team, he's got no mm-hmm. number. Um, and to be perfectly honest, I don't really know too much about this guy, but he's got a very uh, he's got a very simple name. He came out of Alabama. Um, 
three three no years in Alabama. Pretty good scoring average, to be honest here. He averaged eighteen point nine a game in nearly a hundred games. Uh, doesn't say uh, doesn't say where he was. Oh, twenty first pick in the uh, nineteen ninety three draft. It's going to be a bit of a bit no of clue. A, yeah, James Robinson, Hollywood, ah. Hollywood Robinson. That's six him. foot one shooting guard. Yeah. Yeah, well, someone- yeah, at some point, ESPN did a, I think, 96, 97, said that there are more players from Alabama in the NBA than any other college. Wow. Uh, yeah, like, I think it was 97 because McDice was in and you got your Hollywood Robinson, and I can't think of a third guy. Hmm. Hmm. There was, uh, there was a famous guy from uh, who played in the Australian Basketball League called James Crawford, who was called the Alabama Slammer. He may, he may, yes. he may have yes. played with those guys because this was in the you know late 80s, early 90s there. So, uh Someone uh, maybe in the stream team knows. Once again, Googs coming through. Googs had this. He had James Robinson. So uh, Googs seven seven one. Well done, son. Okay, great. This uh, this next one is a guy who has one of the most famous. Um, he has a really famous game winning shot for the Washington Bullets from one of those eighties videos. You know, like. Uh, uh, what's it called? Fabulous finishes or something mm-hmm. like that. And the ball, the ball, he's kind of on a fast break, but the ball's going out of bounds. But he keeps his feet in bounds and he launches the ball kind of over the backboard for three pointer. Almost, almost like backward. Yes, almost like yeah. just a weird flip. I yeah. can't remember the guy, but I can remember the shot. Well, you remember this guy because he was a pretty good shooter, uh, and he ended up in the Utah Jazz. In fact, he was there. Oh, okay. I, I don't think he was there for the. Uh, for the finals teams, I think no. he was there early in the sort of early nineties. There, excuse me, as a uh, as a shooting guard, and, and uh, everywhere he went, he had to have his first initial on his jersey because there was always a guy with his last name on the team. Right. Like there was another guy with his last name in Utah. There was another yeah. guy with his last name in Washington. It was like the this just the, he's a twenty point scorer. I think yeah. he made like one All Star team, and yet he had to have his his first initial on on the uniform the entire time, like a like a you know sixth grader in a little league team. Yeah. Yeah, so that would be Jeff Malone. Jeff Malone, great job. That's a really good pull. Uh, I can't. I, I I didn't. I keep forgetting he hit that shot. That's, yeah, that's such a crazy. It's such a one. It's not like a typical buzzer beater. No, you had to really put some weird spin on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I'm pretty sure that did. That was the uh, like there may have been a second or so left on the clock, but it was a game winner too. It wasn't just like a you know in a transition basket and he was falling out of bounds. He had no other option. It was to to win the game. So um, clutch Malone. Yeah. Jeff Malone. Uh, okay, we got woof, got another tough one here for the Washington Bullets, though. Uh, a big guy, uh, a forward. Now let me just check. They're a little stuck together. These ones. Um, okay, he was uh, drafted. He was not drafted. Not drafted. There you go. Wow. Mm. Um, a big six foot eight guy, and uh, yeah, he averaged. Oh, yeah, man. There's not much I can really. Ashraf Amaya. <laughs> no, he's got. Um, he reminds me. There was a guy for the Golden State Warriors and the Houston Rockets who was an undersized center. I don't even remember oh, that. Larry guy. Smith. Yeah, kind of guy. that was Larry Smith. So this is Larry Stewart for the Washington <laughs> Bullets. No, no clue. No clue. 
I'm yeah. filling with uh, Michael Yogi Stewart, yeah. Larry Stewart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look, that's the thing with these uh, when we pop these packs. You know, you get a couple of great Jeff Malones in there, but every now and again, you get a James Robinson or a Larry Stewart, and and sometimes you just have to hope that the guest has some sort of crazy story or connection. But no, sometimes no, I'm just, just I'm shocked he got 33. Yeah, like who lets an undrafted guy get 33 and then and Larry Bird era? That's <laughs> yeah. that's that's tough going. Yeah, I'm just especially thinking, with two Malones already. Yeah, exactly. And and Mo Cheeks was oh no 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 that's Philadelphia. I'm thinking. Uh, I'm just trying to think who else is on that. Didn't Washington. you always do that growing up? Washington and Philadelphia were just like yeah. interchangeable. For yeah, me. For it was sure. so tough. Yeah, it was, it was sure. too hard. For sure. <laughs> All right. Well, this next one, great. Uh, one of my favorite uh, players to watch in the '90s. He was a high draft pick by his team, but I believe he got booed when when um, like the fans booed when he got drafted because uh, he came out of Arizona, I believe. Let me just double check mm. that. No, 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 no. He came out of Central Michigan. Central Ooh, Michigan. What's that? Ypsilanti, Michigan. Yes. And, and- uh, yeah, Jerry Colangelo said, no, you're going to love this guy. And this guy can cram. The yes. way we see him in the Olympics, he's yes. going to be awesome. And uh, now he's in the Ring of Honor. Yes, and he had a huge game three in Chicago of the 93 finals. I think he hit six threes. In fact, he drilled like the game winner from what is now kind of standard range for guys to shoot from. Uh, but The first uh, guy I remember doing that, just being like, I'm open. Yeah. I'm going to take this shot. This yeah. is basketball. We're all adults here. We can do this. And uh, he bounced around a little bit. He went to Cleveland. I think he was an all-star, in fact, in Cleveland. Yeah. Um, he went to Miami, and then I think he actually sort of went full circle and finished his career where he started in Phoenix, uh, and just has a great, great nickname. And uh, you obviously know who this is, Thunder Dan. Thunder Dan Marley, yeah. I had B.J. Armstrong on Pop and Packs one day, and uh, he and Dan Marley, like really, really good friends, just really good buddies growing up. And uh, so they had, you know, great rivalry there in 93 in the finals because uh, obviously Bulls and Bulls and Suns and uh, one of the few final series where only one game was won by the home team in 1993. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Some veteran basketball right there, kids. Yeah. <laughs> Thunder Dan, another guy I've been trying to get on Pop and Packs. Uh, you know, we follow each other on Twitter. I've sent him a few messages. He's seen them. So- I know he's seen them. Uh, unfortunately, uh, no response though. But uh, his soon, son, soon. his son is, um, I believe, uh, a pretty good player too. Uh, I've seen a few clips of, of, of that going around online. So uh, maybe we'll I've seen a few clips of you going around online, Mister mm. Ellis. These mm. this during this vacation of yours, and I have to say, <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. I haven't seen much of the Drew League, but Lee Ellis taking care of business on Instagram is, is, yeah. is my basketball highlight of the summer, folks. Yeah, yeah. I've been driving my uh, wife and kids mad saying oh, you gotta you gotta shoot this you never know i gotta try to put something up here so <laughs> no it was great uh played a couple of games in barcelona uh, last week um at the uh at the uh park de poblano courts which are fantastic courts awesome. shout out to conrad who uh hooked me up there uh oh man it was awesome perfect night for it uh a lot of great uh, a lot of really good players out there in fact something i had never seen before at any pickup basketball there were a real lot of uh, mixed men's and women playing on the same oh, teams nice. together. Yeah, and these girls were great, like tough, playing hard. No one was taking it easy. It wasn't like there was no like, hey, just play and let let's take it easy on the girls. These girls were playing hard, and uh, and the guys were playing hard as well. And it, and it was really really great. Great atmosphere though. That's the thing about it that uh, people just out there competing and playing and uh, and and a whole lot of fun. So if anyone's out in Barcelona, go and check out these courts and uh, and have some fun. 
They're still talking about the Australian that came through. <laughs> Lighten it up. Yes, I mean, there is some selective editing. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> but uh, but look, uh, and that actually, that's something I haven't told JD. I've got so much extra footage from this trip. I haven't got time to put it all together. So I'm going to try to like shuffle it over to JD. So if he can uh, put together a few reels for me. Yeah. What do you think, JD? Uh, you got some time? Uh, <laughs> no, I, I'm very, 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 very busy. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of busy, we've got a couple of cards here left before we have to take a, uh, a commercial break and they're all stuck together but you're definitely going to get at least uh well well, maybe all three but you're definitely going to get the first one here because this guy uh is famous he he won a championship as a player in fact i believe he hit like either the last shot of the 1999 finals or certainly this you know a, a pretty um, a big shot right at the end uh, of that series. He went on to become a coach. He was coach of the year for a team that unfortunately um, is remembered more for what they, uh, you know, messed up, I guess. in the Kind of a flame out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he went to coach one more team, but he hasn't really coached then. He's got a really great little voice. He's, uh, he's the little general. And, uh, Avery. 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 Where do you uh, where do you sort of think of what's the first thing you think of with Avery Johnson? I think of the first thing you brought up, which is uh, coming home to uh, watch. I remember being at a buddy's house for a party the night of that game, game five, and uh, taping it and coming back to uh, to uh, to watch it in its entirety and having a buddy of mine ruin it for me on ICQ <laughs> by telling me Avery Johnson hit the shot, and I was kind of upset at being ruined. But then I felt so great for Avery because that was his whole thing: is this guy you can't win a title with him as a point guard because he can't hit a jump shot, and all of a sudden he's hitting a eighteen footer to, to to beat the Knicks in Madison Square yeah. Garden for the title. Yeah. So take that. Did you read uh, Chris Herring's fantastic uh, Blood in the Garden book? Oh yeah, yeah. What did you think of that? One airplane trip. That's how great that book yeah. was. I was just, I just knocked that off in a second. Yeah, yeah. that was that's a fantastic, much recommended. Go out and get that. Yeah, case. I imagine again from from when you you know were, were closely following the league and uh, you know obviously the Bulls and the Knicks and all that. I mean, you must have felt you know like you lived through all of that. And uh, mm. you know, I thought Chris did such an incredible job putting it all together and uh, and and writing. And I saw. Barack Obama even tweeted out uh, a week or so ago that it was one of the books that he read this uh, this year or this this summer anyway. So, I mean, you're getting a, a pretty strong endorsement there from uh, Illinois. You have own. to read it. You have to read it. If you're yeah. a basketball fan, you got to read that book. Yeah. It's just they're they're you know when the Knicks made the finals in '99. I, I I don't want to speak for everyone, but a lot of people were going for him because they weren't they weren't trying to get through Jordan to get there. Yeah. It was a, yeah. and it was an underdog team, and yeah. everyone loves Spreewell and Avery Johnson had to go ruin it. Yeah, and uh, I mean the the thing about that book, you know what I what I found really great was um, you know the stories within the story. You know the Anthony Mason chapter was obviously fantastic, and and just how you know Pat Riley has this this sort of reputation for being like a mafia boss. And Chris, I thought, really brought that out in the book, showing that he, you know, he was just ruthless. Uh, Pat Riley there, and um, you know, and, and look, he, his how long was he even there for New York? Like five years, I think ninety one to. I don't even think it was that. I yeah, think it was, yeah, ninety one and ninety five. Yeah, um, you know, but in that time, they 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 got so close, and of course, being up three two on the Houston Rockets in ninety four. There, I mean, but that was the thing. Like, there wasn't the happy ending in the sense that the Knicks eventually won the championship. Instead, it was like they got so close, 
and for me, it was a happy ending. For me, it was, yeah. it was all right. You know, <laughs> they put they went up two zero on the Bulls, and that, yeah. that was rough. I mean, that was that that was the biggest dagger. That was that's because they were built to beat the Bulls, and all Pat Riley did was be on NBC for a year watching the Bulls and and, yeah. and figuring them out, and then go to the Knicks, and he knew exactly what to do, and he almost did it. Okay, well, we've got two cards left here. Let's see how we can uh, do with these ones because there's this one guy. If you think of the Sacramento Kings in the early '90s. Who's the first player that comes to mind? Besides Jim Les? Yes. <laughs> I'd say Lionel Simmons. <laughs> Lionel Simmons. Okay, one more. Another lefty, I think this guy was. Ooh, a lefty. Yeah. yeah. You got me there. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, was uh, Antoine a left? No, he wasn't. No, no, no. I think this guy was a lefty. He may, I'm pretty sure he was a lefty. He was the uh, he was the number two pick. Wow, number two pick in the 1985 wow. draft out of Who Oklahoma. Who was other guy? Yeah. Lionel Simmons, Mitch Richmond, and... Uh, I don't remember. Wayman Tisdale yeah. was a lefty. That's yeah. right, because he played that base left-handed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look at that low post position, Lee. <laughs> how, oh, how easy is he making it for that entry pass? What, that is, that's how you do it. What, what Get in he, there, Wayman. What is he doing there, though? Is he establishing position, or is he, or is he being... Um... I mean, is he being bumped out of position? Is he trying these, to... These tricky lefties, they're always yeah. one step ahead of the, the yeah. post defenders. It's funny, though, just with the Kings. I just think Lionel Simmons and Wayman Tisdale. I think Bobby Hansen was there for a while, uh, Jim mm-hmm. Les. But uh, it's just like you just kind of remember those names and those... They weren't very good. I mean, you know, they hadn't no. been very good, but they had some memorable players and, and, and people associated with them. Games that you wouldn't ever see because they were yeah. never on TV. Yeah. They never had a chance. They never, it was just this completely anonymous franchise. Yeah. And then it turned into the biggest team in the NBA for 10 years. Yeah. And now it turned to be an anonymous, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. so let's get it together. Sacto, we miss you. Uh, just one more, JD, if you can just go in. I will say, though, their uniforms have always been pretty nice. And mm. uh, I absolutely love that. I know the, the current yeah. Kings have had them. Maybe not last season, but certainly in the last couple of seasons, we've had uh, we've had those throwback ones there, those beautiful blues, and uh, that's at least one thing the Kings got right is uh, they've had some good jerseys over the years. Those, no, those are beautiful. Those are beautiful. Okay, we've got the last one here. Um, now he's a big guy for the Orlando Magic, a big lefty. Um, well, he's actually not as big as I thought. I thought he's I thought he's more close to seven foot, but they've got him here from as a six nine or out of. Uh, uh, out of Vanderbilt and uh, drafted in '84, it looks like. Um, yeah. Jeff Turner. Yeah, bang! Absolutely perfect, Jeff Turner. There he is, the big powerful. There's Avery Johnson again, too. and that's Dale Ellis. Johnson. Yeah, that's that's Jeff Turner's only chance of scoring the pivot is when Avery Johnson <laughs> is on him. I gotta be honest, he was he was a bit of a garbage getter, but uh, you know, if there's a mismatch and you got a mouse in the house, you got to take advantage, JT. I think uh, JD may be able to actually help me on this. I think Skeets had a basketball camp in Canada at one point, and Jeff Turner was the uh, mm. he did turn up, not like uh, Anthony Peeler there. Jeff Turner did turn up. That wow. does sound familiar. Yeah, I think that explains right. Skeets's. Uh, uh, you know, his court vision is is very Jeff Turner esque. I've always <laughs> noticed that when watching him dish the ball. Okay, well, not a bad, uh, not a bad pack here. I'll just quickly recap them because uh, overall, I thought it was pretty good. Jeff Turner. Okay, we'll start from the bottom there. We move up a little bit here. Wayman Tisdale, the uh, the big Sacramento Kings. Avery Johnson saying basketball had the great uh, <laughs> the great accent there. Thunder Dan Marley, uh, certainly one of uh, both of our favorite players there uh, to to watch and to talk about. Larry Stewart. No one really knows. No undrafted, and uh, well. 
well, I wouldn't say unloved, but I'd say uh, unknown in the uh, in the pop and packs world. Jeff Malone always had the uh, first initial on every jersey because he had such a common surname there. The mysterious James Robinson, Hollywood Robinson, who uh, Kelly brought up there. That was great. Big Sam Perkins should have been one of those guys, probably should have been an all-star at one point in his career, never, never able to make it. Vernon Maxwell, another one. He was never an all-star. No, he probably was... Uh, Probably was close to All-Star selection, you think? You think he was close? I mean, probably in in 93 or excuse me, 94, when everyone was like, we Mm. can't just send one rocket to the Mm. All-Star game. We have to. But, uh, you know, he was a... He was the he was it was that Stark situation. Although yeah. Stark's made an All Star team, where he just he just never give them the credibility if they weren't drafted top five. Rick Smith's made one All Star game in about ninety seven, I believe it was uh, ninety eight. The uh, MSG one. MSG. It was yeah. Okay, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, don't show up to my own day. Peeler, mm-hmm. uh, and of course Chris, anonymous Weber there in the uh, in the Michigan Blues, uh, and they just obviously had Photoshop, and they decided. Uh, <laughs> We're not putting you in the Warriors uniform just yet. Well, uh, so that does it for the first pack. Now, Kelly, if you don't mind, I've just got to do a quick ad read here. And then, uh, listen, I've got so many more packs here. There's no basketball. Kevin Durant hasn't been traded. So if you've got time, you want to pop a few more? Let's pop some packs. All right. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? (laughs) You mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. Hey, speaking of bikes, I, I found this uh, picture of uh, Rick Smith's. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Still into bikes, <laughs> yeah, apparently. Wow. <laughs> He's got the Marist. Uh, yeah. Wow, good for him. I mean, good. That, that bike doesn't look like tailor-made. It looks like a normal bike, but I, I would I would think he would need a uh, his own it's bike. It's got to be. It's, gotta, it's big. That bike is big. Is it? For sure. Seven foot four. Yeah. I mean, there has to be. Look at look at where he's got it in the house there too. It's like right above the 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 basement. Like I mean, you don't want to. One hundred percent. He just man. built that from a kit in his basement, and yeah, uh, yeah. you know, just like uh, you know, getting the shots of uh, Lee playing basketball on vacation on holiday. This is honey, honey. Look at my bike. Well, it's still together. All right, Kelly. So we got uh, yeah, we got plenty to choose from again here. I'll, I'll, I'll refresh your memory. What we've got? We've got these ninety four, ninety five uh, Skybox. We've got these Jordan stickers from from uh, you know ninety something. Uh, we've got the Skybox inaugural editions. We've got some more modern day stuff here. Um, there's uh, eight cards in there from the current. I mean, they're obviously not just last season, but they're more modern uh, modern day cards. Um, what else have I got? I've got the another Skybox from 91, 92, or I've got the Antoine Walkers uh, here from 2000 as well. Where are we? Sorry, JD. Uh, there, 99, 2000 with Antoine Walker. The tip-off 
from the uh, well, it wasn't the shortened season, was it? That was ninety eight, ninety nine. So, uh, what are you feeling? Let's tip it off. Let's tip it off with Antoine Walker. Great. I was so there are no fours. I, I got so uh, so much joy out of that uh, that post that you shared last week because uh, I mean from the very first shot, oh, it's yeah. it's um, who's on the call there? It's Reggie. Is it Reggie? It's I'm, I you know okay, I, I Smith. Reggie actually was still playing in 03, so so may not have been oh, Reggie. Oh yeah 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 no, yeah. It, no. it could have been me. It didn't matter. Yeah. His, his elbows oh. were you know he's shooting east west at the same time. Oh. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> jumping, sometimes not. Tippy toes sometimes. Oh, back of his yeah. feet other times. It was it was a masterclass in inconsistency. It was just it was hilarious. I think he bricked like his first five or six and then he then he you know then he hit a couple and then he uh i don't know i don't can't remember even what he scored in the end but it was just like why go in it if you just don't even seem to care uh you know you, you didn't even seem to try that was a it thing. was exactly what you wanted from antoine walker in a three-point con- <laughs> in contest it was just it, it was down to a t just yeah. uh, you know i i thought it was perfect Wouldn't okay well, anything else well this first uh this first guy uh you definitely know him because uh in 1999 i think he was i think he was in his second season uh he went on to uh win a championship with the team he was drafted by although the year that he won the championship i pretty pretty sure he asked for a trade just before they, his team made a huge trade which gave his team uh stacked his team to go and get that championship He's a finals MVP. He's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, he's not an easy man to love. He's not a player that's all that popular because he was born on the West Coast but had played most of his career on the uh, East Coast for the Boston Celtics. And, um, yeah, he's not, not, not a lovable character, but ultimately he was pretty clutch. Finals MVP in 2008 and, uh, and is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, the truth is, uh, he's just he's a baller. It was he's just the the best part about him coming into the game back then was there wasn't like a lot of eighty scores in the NBA in the late nineties, and and when Pierce was drafted twentieth overall or whatever he fell to, it was yeah. just like oh this guy is just he uses his butt and he uses a touch and he's it's like uh, we got Adrian Danley back. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good comparison actually there because he was a bucket for those sort of early um, Boston Celtics teams in the sort of 2000 and what, 2003, 2002, where they didn't win a lot of games, but he was putting up 25 a night back then. Um, but do you remember when he did ask for a trade out of Boston? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. He, yeah. He, he was not happy with, with the goings on. And, yeah. uh, you know, it was it – was, I can't imagine having Antoine Walker leave your team and and, and, and feeling frustrated at, at you know, <laughs> what, you got too many shots now? I didn't I, – I don't get that. But, yeah, he was he was not happy because, you know, Ainge was taking his time. And yep. Ainge had a lot of he's, – he's drafting high schoolers and he was drafting, you know, Kendrick Perkins and Al Jefferson yeah, in yeah, respective yeah. years. And it was – yeah, it was hard to sift through. Plus, Pierce came in at 22, so he wasn't like the typical, you know, high school or 19 year old. That uh, so, uh, yeah, so he threw about 25 trade requests a game in there. Yeah, I, I remember yeah. he uh, didn't. He got stabbed as well, didn't he? Like he survived. Did get stabbed? Yeah, stabbing of uh, 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 right before the season in 2000. He, uh, yeah. 2000? Just, oh, right. Uh, so some... this season then? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What a, what a life. Yeah. 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 Uh, but just one of those guys. Like I've just never felt like. You know, I I mean, I've always respected him because he's had some huge game winners and, you know, some big moments, but just always felt like just a 
you know, not one of, I'm never going to wear a Paul Pierce jersey around. But he likes it that way. Yeah. He digs that. I mean, that's yeah. who he is. Yeah. And uh, we need that. Yeah. It's funny because- you know, I was, love every player. I remember I was in Boston, um, I guess it was the no season required tour, and I was talking to some Celtics fans there. And that was, you know, so he'd won the championship. He'd, he'd been the finals MVP. But because he was an LA guy- they they also mm-hmm. said like they they never really fully embraced him either like it, it always sort of felt like he was you know a little bit of an outsider but begrudgingly they kind of respected him because he brought them another championship after the you know what 22 years and even in, in his best moment in winning that title it was still marred by the you're, you're going to get in a wheelchair what yeah. what is what is happening <laughs> paul we want to root for you this time this is right. you're making it tough again right. and you know he showed up to a press conference after a playoff game against the pacers wearing like an over the top uh, headgear or something like yeah, that after yeah, he yeah. thought he was flagrantly fouled he's he's a he's a jokester yeah 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 okay this next guy now now, yeah, interesting. You you you'll know this guy, but I also don't really um, I don't really have a sort of a, a moment from him that I can think of right now. He may have been in a dunk contest or a three point shootout at some point. Um, he's got a very simple name. Uh, he was taken in the '95 draft out of Indiana. Out of Indiana. Uh, so we got a uh, Hendu Allen Henderson. Oh man, what a great pull, Allen yeah, Henderson, most improved player in '98. Ah, think. there you go. Yeah, am I remembering correctly that he was in a three-point shootout or a, or a dunk? No, dunk? he no? was. He was a banger. He was a low post. Uh, give me the ball and get out of the way. Sort right. of uh, Big Ten score. Yeah, but uh, he could put it up. He played Christian late right out of Atlanta. Yeah. So Leighton uh, was an All Star the year before, and, and Hendu just took took his job. Wow. That's uh, that's great. Look at that! What uh, what a photo that is there too. What's he doing there? A layup, that's, a push. That's his game. Yeah. It wasn't pretty. <laughs> sort of a jump hook type of pushy sort of floater or something there. Um, okay, this next guy, he he uh, well, he was definitely in a dunk contest because he had incredible hops. This guy, um, he was one of the first uh, you know known players from the Charlotte Hornets early on. He bounced around. He's got a, a fantastic game winner where he's kind of falling out of bounds, and I think he banks it in for the Phoenix Suns. And uh, he's become – I mean, you must follow him on Twitter, I'm sure. He follows everyone on Twitter, and he tweets nonstop. He's got uh, tireless energy to tweet. He tweets everything, anything and oh, everything. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, yeah, um, I don't believe he was ever an all-star. He, he may have been close, but I, I remember him certainly on the Charlotte Hornets and the Phoenix Suns. I think he was in Washington briefly. Mm-hmm. He may have been a Chicago Bull even um, at one point. He was a Heat making... Uh, Miami uh, Heat, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Made two, $247,000 in his year with the Suns, making the, the minimum back oh, then. When, he, when right? he took him, when he made that shot and, hit, and, and ran him in the playoffs and stuff like that. Incredible bargain. Right. So this man is... At Rex Chapman. At Rex Chapman. Yeah, it sure is. He holds the microphone like a grudge, according to his mm-hmm. uh, his Twitter bio. Yeah, I, I remember him in those. Uh, in, yeah, in those early Charlotte teams. I think it was the nineteen ninety. 91 might have been a bit early for him, uh, but he was in one of those dunk contests, and he had that nice like flick over the shoulder into the reverse dunk. Um, as uh, as he, and he had the bike shorts underneath the uh, the yeah. Charlotte uniform, which was all the rage in the early nineties. Just six three guy with hops, just just a fantastic yeah. player. Watched a, watched a clip yesterday where the late uh, uh, Chickering called him the versatile Rex Chapman, uh, which yeah. I thought was very appropriate. Nicely yeah. done, Chick. Okay, well this next guy, he holds a record, I believe, still uh, in, in that um, he's a multiple time NBA champion, 
and he has more playoff appearances, I believe, than anybody else still in the NBA. Uh, he played with, well, he played Maybe with. Pepin? No, he played with. Uh, he played on technically on three teams, but he had uh, two stops on one team. He played all his career uh, out in the mm-hmm. West Coast, and um, he was uh, he was recently just relieved of his duties as a head coach in the WNBA. I think he was a head coach and the general manager of a team, oh, and he was GM. just yeah, I believe so. Oh. So um, I'm presuming it's Derek Fisher. Derek Fisher, yes, there he is, Derek Fisher. Um, yeah, is, I believe he still holds the record for the most playoff games. He's like 250. That makes sense. Three or something like that because of all those uh, all those trips there with the Lakers. Then he went to the Warriors and the Jazz. In fact, I think Derek Fisher has never been – when he made the playoffs, he never never got eliminated in the first round as well. That uh, scans. That mm, makes sense. Yeah, because he actually ended his career with the Thunder. Actually, now I've got, I forgot about that. Because he's a total front runner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was actually pretty good for the Thunder in the playoffs, I remember. Was. Right? A couple of times there. Just they, they needed some buckets and he got yeah, them. Didn't but... he end up on Dallas for a second too? Mm, did mm. he Did he upset Jason Kidd? I did. You know, it's, or not Jason Kidd, Mark Cuban. You know, he got around. Yeah. He, he did the work. For, yeah, for, yeah, for yeah. A, was he a second round pick? Uh, I believe that's Little right. Rock yes. or something? Let me something tiny? That. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I, I remember uh, he was, uh, oh no, first round, 24th overall by the Lakers. Oh. But I remember the, the 2001 finals against Philadelphia and they had the big three, you know, Shaq, Kobe and Derek Fisher. And they were averaging, <laughs> yeah, they were averaging like 72 points a game and Shaq nah. was at, you know, 40. See, that's and, when he took over for Ron Harper in those yeah. finals. So I, didn't, I try not to think yeah, about it. Yeah, he had a nice dunk on. Alan Iverson sort of in transition, his right-handed dunk. Uh, not something you wow. remember too much about Derek Fisher, but he, he did get up there for one. So, uh, so yeah, okay, great. This next guy, oh, speaking of the 2001 finals, this guy was the backup big man and uh, just a great name, just a really, really good For Philly? Name. Yes, for Philadelphia, yeah. Oh, Matt Geiger. Matt Geiger, yeah, there you go. Big Matt Geiger. And his barbed wire tattoo. Yeah. His, <laughs> yeah. Oh, just... Just the year two thousand in a picture. Yeah, uh, that's the thing. It was uh, who else? You Tom Gugliotta definitely had the uh, the barbed wire. T- Tracy McGrady, he had it. Um, and every member of the nineteen ninety eight Cincinnati Bearcats team. It was it was a very popular. Uh, you know I, how I made it out of the late nineties without one. I will yeah. never understand. Uh, JD will know uh, our former friend or our current friend still, our former colleague at the score, James Sharman, even has the uh, nice. as the barb barb. I don't know if you know who Does he is, he? Kelly, but uh, yes. Uh, James Sharman, uh, he has the barbed wire tat around he the arm. He keeps it the very bicep. well hidden because yeah. I have never <laughs> seen it. No, I think, uh, <laughs> I think it's one of those things that uh, he often makes sure that it is covered up. Although, uh, uh, you know, uh, it was it was all the right. I remember thinking about getting one when I was like 18 or 19 because everyone had them. and uh, Yeah. Glad I didn't, but uh, oh yeah, yeah, it, it was all <laughs> the rage, to them. and then it was not yes. very, very quickly. Yeah. Was it Pamela Anderson? She had one too. She didn't had she? one. Well, yeah. did she actually get was she because she was in the movie Barbed Wire? Right. So I don't. Oh, was okay. that like part of her? That's right. Costume? That was the origin story. Is, yeah, is a yeah, movie yeah. that no one saw, but we saw <laughs> yeah. the tattoo on a yeah. lady, so we got to go get it <laughs> well, now. That's when she peaked. Pammy peaked around ninety four, ninety five, I think, didn't she? With uh, Baywatch and the, the Tommy guess. video came out around that. Time, I think. Uh, yeah. And then she was in Borat. 
I, I think that ninety-eight percent of the people that have that barbed wire tattoo have seen that particular video that you just referenced. <laughs> it's just—I think it was part of getting into it. That, that, that was the sort of person that that, that purchased that that particular tape. Okay, we've got a couple more here. Uh, well, excuse me. Now I've got one. It's not a checklist card. Um, okay, it's called a daily double. Uh, <laughs> so you got to eat it twice. Yeah. yeah. So so double double performance. Okay, I'm not quite sure what this means, but anyway, this guy. If you think of 2001, very few players uh, had a better season than this guy because. He uh, he was the MVP of two thousand and one, uh, and oh, the the Shaft Diesel, the big Aristotle. No, he was two thousand. This guy was the following season, two thousand. Oh, Iverson. Yeah, Alan Iverson. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Fine. I'm, fine. I'm upset on Shaq's behalf over yes. the two thousand one MVP. So am I. So I mean, Shaq, Shaq should have ended his career with five or six at least. Really. Uh, Look at that guy. Just yeah. the per- That's what a great shot. No one had tattoos like that. No. No one had. Just what a wonderful shot. Not uh, a barbed wire to be seen. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. I wonder if there. Uh, he, he he does have the panther, I think, on his arm though, doesn't he? The, the panther is a very common one. Like Durham Williams, I think, has had it, and uh, a few other guys. But I mean, Alan Iverson. You know, very few players have just carried that same swag that he had and that coolness. And then to be able to go out there and carry that team as close as he did to the finals. I mean, that game one performance in two thousand and one. Is incredible. Forty-eight, I think it is. He has uh, thirty in the first half. Of course, the big step over there of uh, Derek or the crossover of Derek Fisher. Perfect encapsulation of what we were all hoping for, and it showed up on national TV. Yeah. Was just a bit of that and one swagger yeah. that we knew he had, and we'd watch him against the Bucks and the Rat. You know, it's like yeah, it, yeah. It, it took until the LA game for it to like finally come out, and it's just, all right, we got AI, and this is the guy that ticks everyone off. This is good. This is good. And that, I mean, in two thousand and one, uh, they, I, I think they lost the first game against Indiana. They came back and won three one, and then of course the Raptors series after that, where I mean, Vince Carter nearly nearly ended the season very, very early. And then I believe against the Milwaukee Bucks in the finals, they may have even been down 3-2 in that series too. Um, perhaps. Certainly it went seven games at least, and Iveson had a big game seven there. But uh, yeah, I mean, then when you got to the Lakers, I, I remember thinking like, there's no way they're going to beat the Lakers. But then after game one, you're like, oh my God, this would be, this would be maybe the biggest championship victory of all time if he the was best. able, yeah, if he was to able, uh, able to overcome the Shaq and Kobe Lakers. It should have been the Lakers in three. The Lakers were were just so dominant from March on that that season, and for Iverson to just go look at the uh, like half the team was injured. Everyone had like an ankle fracture or some sort of wrist fracture yeah. or some sort of you know fibula out of the skin sort of situation. And 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 Matt Geiger at the top of that list. It was <laughs> Iverson. It was just, it was a remarkable yeah. year. It was it was worth every bit of uh, you know it, in terms of narrative MVPs. It was it was that's the tops. That's the best one. Yeah, and uh, that's that year, Larry Brown was coach of the year. Aaron McKee was sixth man. Dikembe was defensive player of the year. Uh, but the Sixers lost the last game of the season. I think it was against the Chicago Bulls. Had they won that game, and they, they sort of sat players down, but had they won that game, I believe they would have had home court advantage in the finals. Wouldn't have mm-hmm. ultimately made much of a difference. So the Lakers still win that series. But you just wonder if, uh, you know, maybe that first game or two in Philadelphia, if... 
you know, Raja Bell played very well yes. in this game. That was yeah. Raja Bell's coming out uh, that yeah. last week of the regular season. It was like, oh wow, they have another guy that's that's good on the Sixers. Yeah, uh, I said uh, he crossed over Derek Fisher. Of course, it was Toron Lou who he crossed over there. Thanks, Ivan Ivan, for uh, correcting me there. I a little bit too much Derek Fisher uh, this morning here in this pack. But mm. um, okay, now mm, JD, I, it's not a checklist card here. We've got it's. Uh, I don't really know what it is. It's basically just saying it's really just promotions. It's uh, well, it's it's early internet days, I guess. Here, go to tops dot com and uh, eat it. Https colon colon slash slash tops dot com. Okay, two more uh, two more to go here, Kelly. And I think you'll I think you'll pretty much get these two because uh, one guy was a uh, a rebounding menace. Uh, a fantastic guy to have on your fantasy teams in the early 2000s when he was, um, I think he was actually on the Seattle Supersonics there. He, he also played for the Denver Nuggets. In oh, fact, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's playing One for of the- my favorite college fa- uh, basketball players of all time. Oh, yeah? What college did he uh, go to? Uh, Cincinnati. He went to... No. He, yeah, yeah, you're Long right. Time? Yeah, Cincinnati. You're okay. right. You're right. You're right. Okay, right. yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, six foot four and a half, Danny Fortson. That's right. That's right. Danny Fortson. I remember, uh, yeah, in the 2001 season... He was uh, so hard to get in uh, fantasy basketball because uh, he was—he just averaged, I think he averaged like 14 rebounds a game or something that season. He was a menace, but he couldn't really shoot. Um, uh, and that was a bit of his problem there. But of course, when you need those stats in fantasy basketball, that's all you need is somebody who can just uh, really fill it up at, uh, in one category and he could. Yeah, he was great. He, he, he was a tough dude. And, uh, you know, just looking at PJ Brown, domineering yeah. over him he, just, <laughs> he had a high problem but it, it, it didn't stop him yeah well, i love the d4 go go look him up on uh on his old bearcat clips on online he's a lot of fun to watch score he's like uh gary trent times a thousand how, how did you you know how did you become such a fan though like what was it just just the way that he is intensity i mean is, is we it, lived in cincinnati right. randomly for oh. a couple of years and it was they had this team full of like bad guys right and i'd grown up going for the good guys and it was like let's go for some bad guys for the first time and they were the best team in college hoops so i just got into danny fortson and you know i love nick van axel five years late earlier so it just made it just made sense and they lost to eric dampier and uh and i believe the elite eights uh in against mississippi state never made the final four but yeah fortson fortson was just a beast he was he was he was a lot of fun i liked him a lot it was the uh, warriors now that i think about it he was on that warriors team i think with antoine jameson 15 other power forwards. Yeah, exactly. No one, like the Raptors right now, no Foyle one over and... six foot eight. Uh, but yeah. Maybe Donald Foyle was on those teams, though. Maybe he was the uh, the, the one outlier. Um, all right, this last guy here, he's just got a great, great name as well. His, his uh, initials are an alliteration, so same, same initial for the first and the last name there. And I think you're going to, I'm almost certain you're going to get it when I just tell you his college because he came out of Indiana as well. Uh, 6-7, drafted by the Bullets, in fact. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm writing about him right now. Oh, really? So the Second Regiment subscribers to look, can look forward to a Calvert Chaney post in their, in their email box any uh, any day now. See, people think I juice these packs sometimes, you know, <laughs> and that would be a great way to promote your uh, fantastic blog there, the Second Arrangement, but we don't, and this is why we do the segment, because uh, it just comes together organically. And uh, Calvert Chaney, I mean, that's he is one of those guys, again, I don't remember tons about him, but I certainly remember his name because it's just such a great sound. Sounding name, yeah, perfect. Just a just a great basketball name. And I looked it up. I'm looking at his stats yesterday. I'm like, did he 
Did he take the majority of his shots from long? T- it looks like he took the majority of his shots from long two point yeah. range. So yeah, yeah. you can see why it didn't really work out for, uh, <laughs> for Calvert. But yeah, he, he had a hot start. He averaged like six, he averaged 16.6 games and uh, points a game in a second year. And then it just went down from there because everyone was like, why don't we just let him shoot? We're yeah. just going to let him shoot. He's going to make four out of 10. That, that, that is incredibly precise there, uh, Kelly. I know you said you're doing some work. So you, it's probably sort of somewhat oh, fresh in, in your mind there. But 16 point Point six and then 15, 10, 12, and uh, yeah, then he, I think he went to the Jazz, didn't he, I believe? Yeah. Um, On then, another one of those, he had like a six-year contract, and then when it yeah. ran out, his rookie deal ran out, he went to Utah. Yeah, and uh, he may have even bounced around a couple of other teams there toward, toward the end there, but um, that was another great pack. Uh, the, the top 2000s here, well, you know, Cal Pacini, Danny Fortson, the Daily Double, Allen Iverson, Big Matt Geiger. In the middle there, Derek Fisher, uh, before he used to wear the headband, Rex Chapman, uh, Alan Henderson, the fantastic, uh, was he Cincinnati? Oh, no, he was Indiana. He was Indiana. Danny Fortson was a Cincinnati one. And then starting with Paul Pierce. So uh, pretty good stuff overall. true. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Listen, I'll tell you what, have you got time for one more? Maybe uh, maybe one of these... Let's pop a modern pack. Let's pop a modern pack, yeah. Um, What's what, up, what, Cade? What do you think of uh, Cade Cunningham there? What, what was your impression for his first season? I, uh, You know, it, it was fun to be patient and then have that patience pay off later yeah. because you could just tell. It's like, it's... You know, it's it's tough. You get well, you get like eight shots a game, and you got to do something with them. And and uh, it's just, he just needed to get to January. He just needed to get to. He's going to be so much yeah. fun. And I love Ivy. Detroit's going to be yeah. terrific this year. I oh, can't yeah. wait. Fantastic off season for them. Um, you know, they they should really be be hovering around. I think in that uh, seventh and eighth spot at at worst. Uh, I mean, it's hard to sort of. Think about what's going to happen. I mean, I think Brooklyn's going to obviously make it make a few changes there. The Raptors should be better. Bulls. Oh, what do you think of the Bulls? Uh, Trey's not here, but um, where, where, how are you feeling about the Bulls with the off season and, and just from where they ended last season? Hoping they had. You know, it, it depends on Lonzo Ball. He was borderline All Star with that yeah. knee defensively. So it all. I, I wish they had done more things, but uh, you know, they can make it all right in a second if Lonzo Ball comes back healthy and, yeah. and they win a bunch of games in December again. Yeah. Yeah. Did you uh, do you go to many games? Like, do you do you attend games in person? Oh yeah, I, I go to the the Pacer Arena is an hour away. Oh, right, and, and it's it's so great. It's right. so great uh, uh, for media or fans. There's not a bad seat in the house, and uh, they treat me very well. Uh, it's a pretty, Midwest is fun. I can right. go to the Pistons Arena anytime I want. The yeah. Bulls Arena is two hours away. The Bucks Arena is not that is five hours away, and it's yeah, a fun yeah. drive. Uh, I go down to the Memphis Arena from time to time. That's only eight hours. It's right. uh uh, you know, it's not quite the hub that Atlanta is, but it's a, it's a, it's a nice little uh, a nice little spot I got yeah. here in Indiana. Did 
Did you uh, did you go to the old Market Square Arena uh, Pacers games back? Were you were you close then? I mean, I'm guessing you've sort of moved around a little bit from from those there for days. one game. One right. game. We moved we moved here right before. Uh, yeah, so I went to one game in the '98. Well, for, uh, first of all, obviously, I went to that Smashing Pumpkins garbage show in '96 <laughs> at Market Square. But I also went to the uh, game six, I believe, of the '98 Conference Finals. Oh. Uh, I was very lucky to see that. Right. Uh, Michael Jordan fell down in yeah. the last shot of the game and, yeah, yeah. and missed it, guarded by Derek McKee. Yeah. So that was fun to be be part of. I talked to Rick Talender and press row and the, and the during halftime and got yeah. to tell him I wanted to uh, join that press row soon enough. It was, it was a fun experience. Did, did you say you saw garbage at uh, Market Square Arena? The band garbage, yeah. yeah. Ah. The beautiful Shirley Manson and, yeah. and all those Wisconsinite guitar players. I saw uh, garbage just this year at uh, at the, uh, at the um, what's nice. it called, the uh, here in Atlanta anyway, Marietta. They were opening for uh, Alanis Morissette. I thought I'm that, so glad they're still rocking. Yeah. She's an actress now. Yeah. She, she doesn't have to do that. No, she was great. They were great. Garbage. I mean, one of those bands that you didn't realize, like, oh, yeah, I know more songs than I realized from them. Yeah, so, um, like eight hits or something. Yeah. Oh, great. Okay. Uh, well, let's start here. So, yeah, we've got a, uh, a modern pack. Now, this guy, I believe, uh, yes, he was uh, just uh, in his second season for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, one of those guys mm. who uh, quite good, uh, pretty good player. Um, exactly where sort of he fits in their current team uh, still being figured out there. Um, but he was drafted out of where was he drafted out of? Mm, I don't know, but uh, he has got a uh, a very a very cool name. And he wears number thirty-five for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, 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 oh! Yeah, 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 yeah. The swingman, the swingman, Isaac Coro. Yes. Uh, uh, Isaac Coro. Is, gosh, did he come on this year? Yeah. Oh boy, was he? He's he's kind of like what I wanted Troy Brown to turn into. He's right. just going to be a, a Swiss Army knife. Yes, I like him a lot. Yeah, yeah. The Cavs as well. They should be really good this season. I think. Um, you know, they've kind of teased us a little bit the last two seasons by. You know, Darius Garland's been great, and uh, Kevin Love I thought was fantastic last season, and now so great Garland. I'm so happy yeah. Garland worked out. You see, get these guys out of college and they play like four games, and then you worry about them, and then for him to come in that second year and be that's so great. Yeah. Cleveland an All Star. Okay, this next guy, uh, point guard, certainly at the end of his career, he was uh, a multiple time All Star, very very good player, but we really just haven't seen him play now for what three seasons. And I think he just got released by his team and he's uh, signed. I think he signed with the Clippers. I think it's official. Um, he's, oh, uh, Derek Fisher. No. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that's Derek Fisher. <laughs> uh, this guy is uh, one of, well, certainly was one of the quickest players when he was in his prime. Um, and uh, never a great shooter. He sort of worked on his mid-ranger a bit there, but... Uh, Unfortunately, uh, yeah, the injuries have just derailed his career. He can probably still be an effective player, but he certainly, I don't think, will be the all-star he once was. Him and Bradley Beal did form a uh, decent... Oh, it's Wall. Yeah, Sorry. Johnny Wall. Couldn't get past the Clipper thing. Yeah. So, just, yeah. so it is official. Yeah. I think he'll be fine this year. Yeah. I think he's got enough old man savvy, you know. He can still fire those those football passes to the corner and, and find a three-pointer. So I, I'm, I'm actually... Way higher on him than I than I would be a lot of the usual guys that we haven't seen play for yeah. six and a half years. Yeah, I mean, when 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 was the last time though John Wall sort of played good basketball? Was it? I mean, was it? Uh, oh, I'm not looking for good. 
Yeah. Just <laughs> I'm looking for, yeah. for Reggie Jackson esque maybe. Yeah. Well, but I, like usually those guys get signed and then they disappear and it's like, why did we think that was going to be anything? I just have a feeling that he might actually play 60 games of okay backup basketball this and, year. Yeah, but, and, uh, yeah. I mean, the Clippers, like if they get Kawhi back and Paul George is healthy and, and Wall is, you know, 70% of what he, what he was, then they, they should be better. I mean, I thought uh, Ty Lue's done a fantastic job coaching them, but they've just been killed with injuries these last couple of seasons. And uh, it's like, who, it's you know, also who are they going after too? Sorry, yeah. Lawrence Frank, but you got to stop signing John Walls. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this next guy, uh, he was a very, very high draft pick. He's now currently on his second team. He's been an All Star at least once. I think only once, and uh, he made the playoffs this season and was actually very, very good. He's a, he's a good player. He's uh, he's a very good shooter, very good scorer of the ball, and uh, we're starting to see why he was such a high draft pick out of Duke back in 2016, I believe he was drafted, and uh, former Laker, current Pelican. And- oh, okay. Yeah, Mr. Ingram. Mr. Ingram. Boy, was he fun toward the latter, the latter part oh, of the yeah. year. yeah. I really like the way that he's worked on his, uh, you know, sort of mid-range jump shot there, getting to his spots. Become a better playmaker too. I think that's uh, that's important because, uh, you know, he's got the ball in his hand so much. And, um, you know, uh, there's rumors that he's obviously being dangled by the Pelicans here to try to get Kevin Durant, but... Not sure. Not sure if he's uh, not sure if he's going to get traded or not. I think the Pelicans know that he and if he and Zion can get it together, they can be a very very tough team to defend. Yeah, I don't I don't mess with that at all. And he's a core guy. Like he's he's one of those guys. Once he figured out that when, once his belly gets super strong and he can make those passes and lift yeah. get lift on jumpers that he couldn't usually do and, and improvise because he's stronger. Uh, yeah, it's the 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 world is his oyster down there. Yeah. And I'd, I'd really like to keep that together because I don't want him shooting a hundred times a game. I want I want Zion there. So I think yeah. that's perfect for him. Yeah. What do, what do you think with the whole Zion situation? Like, I mean, uh... just trying to smile through it. Yeah. You know, it's he's a kid. He's just he's super young, and we don't know who's talking to him and who's saying what yeah. and it, it, you don't know what offends 20 year olds you don't know what what upsets them you don't know what sends them off and and if he's down to a certain weight and his and his the little tiny bones on his feet can handle it this year then yeah. you know hopefully we'll never have to think about this stuff ever again yeah i mean that's the thing is you just want to see him get through a whole season um hmm. because we haven't what's he played 85 games or something so far in in four years and uh when you look at what Jar Morant was doing with the Grizzlies, you know, and it, look, Jar's missed some time as well, but, um, you know, Zion. Like that. Yeah, Zion just to have not even played at all last season and he was away from the team and all that, but hopefully things well, go well. It was icky. Well. It was, it was yeah. not a good situation. He could have handled that a thousand times better, but I just, I hope, it, I hope it's such a memory this time, and, you know, this time next year. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, this guy, um, very close to where you, uh, where you live there, uh, plays for the Bulls, real sharpshooter, but uh, seems to be a little bit on the outside, outsides as well now and uh, maybe won't be in the Bulls uniform. I hope not. I hope not. If it's Kobe White, I hope not. Boom. Kobe White, yeah. I am a Kobe fan. Right. And there is stuff that sometimes came up with something that they're going to try to, you know, put up with his growing pains. And, you know, if he's a 20 million a year player, I'm okay with that. He's yeah. a scorer. It, it, I, it, you love to to go in early on these guys that you know are, you're going to want when they're like 30 years old. I mean, yeah. who doesn't want a sixth man of the year five well, years the, from now? And that's the thing. I, I think sometimes there are guys who are just suited to that role, like a Lou Williams, Jamal Crawford, whatever. And I can see Kobe White as that like I, I can see him as just a guy coming off the bench just gunning away because that might be 
just the the role that's best suited to him, where he can uh, you know get Absolutely. all those shots up as a starter. Certainly with DeRozan, you know, and Levine, I, I don't, I just don't think his game really uh, works in that sense. And he got he got starter reps, so he you know we got the you know he got to learn how to play point guard as a starter. He got to learn how to how to you know sit in his hotel room all day and know that he had to run a team that night. So he got that in. Now you can just go let him be a six man and not have to worry about anything in the world. So, yeah, yeah. I hope he stays a bull for a long time. Okay, next one. I've got a, yeah, we still got a few here to go. Okay, this guy, uh, I'm pretty sure just signed a contract uh, to extend with his team. I'm a big fan of this guy because I think he's got sort of Tyson Chandler vibes for the New York Knicks, but he's just, he's another one. He's got to get in better shape and stay on the court because I think he's huge to the Knicks' success going forward. And uh, look, Mr. He's Robinson, Mr. Robinson, that's him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this season with the Knicks, what I noticed when he was playing, in fourth quarters, he just looked gassed to me. Mm-hmm. Now, is that conditioning? Is he just not, maybe not, a you know, got a great motor or whatever? But when he's on the court, I feel that the Knicks are so much better because they just have a, an, a lob threat and then they have a rim protector. And that's what they desperately need. I mean, going back, you know, last season when the Knicks played the Hawks, I went down to the, uh, the, the playoff games here. They were playing Taj Gibson as their mm-hmm. big. You know, so unathletic, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> from, um, from and Brunson's not really going to help that, but no. yeah, they need they just need they need dynamism, yeah. whatever that word is. They need someone who can just scare people by putting his elbows on the rim, and and yeah. you know maybe that's and he's got to learn how to play forty eight minutes for Tibbs, so maybe that'll be yeah. different this yeah. year. But gosh, he's he could really he he's he's shown some skills on the other end too. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I know you've seen that. Just to, he's he's an interesting prospect. I dig him. Oh yeah, I, I I like him, but uh, you just think how can how can he sort of just be consistent with his minutes and you know stay out of foul trouble and just stay on the court, um, you know. But uh, okay, uh, what have we got here? We've got uh, the Frenchman, the Frenchman, the uh, the the. Uh, Man who's uh, on his third team. I think he just re-signed actually with the uh, with his third team. A very versatile player um, who started his career with the Portland Trailblazers before being lucked out in the uh, 2016. Was it 2016 when everyone got all the uh, the huge? Yeah. <laughs> he, he boy did he get one. He got five and 120, I think. Oh, yeah. Man. <laughs> and you know he's he's earning it right now for another team. Yes. Yes. Uh, because what happened in the end? I think um, did the did the Hornets just buy him out? And, they buy, uh, I think he, I think they did. Anyway. They made him sit on the bench for making thirty million a year yeah. for a bit. And, but uh, you know, good for Nicholas Batum. Yeah, he, uh, he's a heck of a player, and yep. he got lucky at the right time. He sure did. Um, yeah, I, I, I've always admired his game. I think he's a very good player and uh, underrated somewhat. But yeah, that, oh yeah, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, that uh, Hornets contract was uh, it was a doozy. It was a doozy, and. Um, Oh well, look, it's not his fault, is it? Someone offers you, <laughs> someone well, offers you, you know, that much, you're going to take it. Yeah, it's it's uh, you know, it's a it's, we had all those classic Nick Tomb Hornets moments, like the yeah. time they shot to him on the bench and he was <laughs> telling a guy what to do about basketball, and the yeah. other time they shot to him on the bench and he was telling. Uh, yeah, should not five years more than the money. That's that's a lot for a guy that you're gonna. It's a, Nick Batum's a two year guy. Yes. All right. Well, this next one, I've got a question for you because who do you think is the greatest non-American born player of all time? Wowzer. I mean, I I still kind of side with Hakeem mm-hmm. over Dirk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Now, this is the question because I, I'm a Hakeem fan. I think, you know, as a two-way player, I just think he was better than Dirk. Dirk may be the better shooter of the two, but Hakeem was a better all-around player. But when this man's career is all done, he's already won, more, already won more individual as far as MVPs. He's a defensive player of the year. He's a champion. He's a finals MVP. I mean, do you think there's a chance we are talking about, uh, you know? Oh, yeah. It, I mean, if it, 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 I expect at least another finals or two from Giannis from this particular group. So anything less than that yeah. is, uh, is uh, you know, it, he has to top a king. He has yeah. to. And he yeah. wants to. That's the best part about him is this dude wants it. I didn't, I yeah. didn't see that movie, so I haven't been inspired by the, uh, you know, the, the whole story behind him. But he, he wants it. He wants to come back with like a lefty jumper next year. He wants to come back with some low post moves in five years. He's... He loves basketball. He loves he loves the game, and he loves surprising people. So what, we're we're very lucky to have him as as you know likely the best player in this game. Yeah, and and the thing about him that I love is honestly just how he competes because you know that jump shot while it's improved, uh, you know still needs a lot of work. But he is not afraid of uh, of going out there and taking those big shots. You know, stepping up and and. and really taking on the challenge because against the Phoenix Suns, and again, going back to that season prior, I mean, against the Atlanta Hawks, he came off and it was like that could have been, you know, look, it looked like in the moment maybe a season-ending injury and perhaps even a career-altering injury. He comes back, they're down 2-0 against the Suns, and it was like you, you just sort of you wondered if it was just one one series too many for the Bucks, and instead they come back and win. And Giannis, of course, has the incredible block on DeAndre Ayton. He has that incredible alley oop from <laughs> Drew Holiday, where you know he's basically falling out of bounds, and he still mm-hmm. dunks it back in Game Five. That was in Phoenix. Yes, I mean Giannis. Uh, the the respect and the admiration I have for him for the fact that you know where he came from. And to already be this good and this dominant uh, at both ends of the floor too is truly remarkable. And, and and then he's got the dad jokes. I mean, he's got the dad jokes to boot as well. So like, what hasn't what what area mm-hmm. hasn't he covered yet? Right now, I mean, where can he go to uh, become more lovable? Do you think? He is jam-tastic. The card says <laughs> yes, it. that's right. <laughs> jam-tastic, Giannis. Sneak that in from the 94 pack. What, what is that? Jam-tastic. <laughs> yeah. It, it, and the graphics a little bit there too kind of look like they were trying something, you know, with the old skybox there maybe. So yeah, that's, uh, that's, wow. That's, yeah. that's some junior high uh, uh, class photo stuff right there. Yeah, yeah. Jam-tastic. All right. Well, this has been great. We've got one card left to go here and uh, it's the uh, from the Golden State Warriors. One of their... Uh, um, one of their young, athletic, uh, uh, you know, big big guys out of the G League uh, Ignite. Um, I like this guy. I think he's very athletic. Um, obviously, right now, you know, he's sort of deeper in the rotation. But he's the rare double zero. We don't see too many double mm-hmm. zeros um, anymore. And uh, I believe he's actually Cameroonian, if, uh, if I have that correct as well. Or he was born in uh, Cameroon. Oh, I was unaware of that. If we're talking about the same person, is it is it Mr. Moody? No, not Moody. No? Uh, the other, another, uh, the other big athletic there, um, Kaminga. Yes, Jonathan really? Kaminga. I believe. I believe. I so. didn't know that. Let me just. Yeah, he's just a delight, isn't it? God, yes. he he was so great to see him. Just you know, he, he he's a cerebral player. He's not out there like just you know throwing his head at the rim. He was doing starter stuff. He yeah. was playing last year like he actually went to the bench and 
considered what happened in the first quarter and came back in and, and did something about it. He is, he is just, he's jamtastic. I tell you, he's, <laughs> he he's is, a stud yeah. and a half. Yeah. He's actually was born in uh, the Congo, uh, not, the, oh, there not you go. Cameroon. So yes. Uh, uh, but, um, look out, yeah. Giannis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's the thing with the Warriors. I mean, those two seasons, they didn't make the playoffs and they still get Moody, Kaminga, and who knows what's happening there with Wiseman as well. I mean, yeah, I mean, if 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 he just turns into anything capable, yeah. it, it will look like one. It will look like some uh, some red Arbach stuff. And uh, <laughs> for them, we want that though, as yeah. fans, like yeah, yeah, we yeah. want these superstars to be surrounded by, you know, competent organizations and exciting young players. We don't want Nick Batum and all these veterans coming in every year. It's it's cool to see Stephen Curry palling around with Kaminga and Moody, and and uh, you know, whenever Wiseman's in from Santa Cruz. Yeah, and and that's the thing. I mean, these guys could sort of extend Steph Curry's career by a year or two as well because if they do come on and they're and they're good and they're big and he can throw their moves and they uh you know they develop three-point shots and they can defend and all that this this warriors era is not over by any means i mean they, they, yeah. we could be still talking about this in four or five years time um you know why can't curry do steve nash stuff in yeah. eight years you know yeah. why can't oh, that sure. why can't he just hang on forever yeah. his dad hung around forever why can't <laughs> yeah. stuff Curry? and clay i want know, that i can't imagine clay's ever going to retire from basketball either. i can see him as a 53 year old playing for the uh you know sacramento kings or someone like that a bit he like power Carter. forwards yeah just yeah, fine yeah. he's got old man skills his dad yeah. was a center and again uh, you know poor awful for him but he had two years off so he does his legs are all shot but at least yeah. he's got some juice in the legs it's uh, as someone who watched jordan take those years off and go to birmingham like that stuff counts oh, not yeah. having to be in in washington and dc and philadelphia and and and, and just go dragging around winter times for year after year after year so yeah i'm super excited about gsw yeah uh okay well that was a pretty good pack too uh kaminga yanis nicholas batum mitchell robinson kobe white brandon ingram John Wall, and we started with Isaac Okoro. So, uh, wow. You did fantastic, by the way. I wasn't keeping track, but um, I, I think you almost went 100% maybe uh, oh, cheers. on the guessing, which is uh, which is great. Daryl Morey has been on this uh, once and uh, didn't didn't do 100%, and he uh, he wanted to come back on. So I actually saw him in Vegas. I, I have to invite him to come back on again because uh, he struggled. He wanted to get out there and have another another crack at it, which is what I admire, you know? Well, you know, Daryl, it's all about performing under pressure. <laughs> and, uh, you know, some of us have it, and, you know, some of us, uh, you know, no, trade for James Harden week. I'd, 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 I'd love to, uh, you know, have another chance with Daryl as well. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sure it was just a one-off for him. And I got very lucky today, I'm sure. Well, Kelly, I have to say thank you so much for your time this morning. This has been uh, this has been long. Uh, I think I said to JD, uh, you know, it'll probably only be a forty-five minute pod this morning. We're, uh, <laughs> but JD knows that these uh, these tend to go down these uh, rather stories. And uh, no, but they're great. That's what I that's why I love doing it because you hear about you know people who are Danny Fortson fans in college. Mm-hmm. I mean, where else can you go for that sort of content? That's uh, that's remarkable. So Danny Fortson and Shaman Williams have the same haircut on the two thousand one Seattle SuperSonics. Go look that up. But, right. Yeah. I- I, I love this podcast and yeah. thank you so much for finally having me on. This is this was a treat. No, well, we'll have to do it again sometime. But uh, in the meantime, as I said off the top, check out Kelly's uh, fantastic uh, substack there, The Second Arrangement. He does a fantastic job and he's got some Calvacini bangers coming out soon. So, I mean, uh, it's worth it alone for that. But mm-hmm. um, thank you again, Kelly. And uh, hopefully we see you, we cross paths somewhere in the future uh, 
finals all-star well the all-star weekend will be in indiana uh, when 2024 isn't it i think now oh that's right that's right yeah so i'll, um, I'll see everyone then parties in my place <laughs> be careful the stream teamers might just turn up and uh when they hear oh that, i'm that. a stream teamer i know oh, okay. I, I know how okay. we function we're, we're all the right. thumbs up crew we're the yeah no they, they're all invited well uh, and also no dunks fans yeah so we've got plenty of content coming out this week as i say we've got tomorrow uh we have uh graden uh, with the no breaks, that's right, Jade. Isn't it tomorrow? Yes, and then and then Tass on correct. and Tass on Wednesday with no bunts. He's been doing a fantastic job with that. And then of course the return of Matteo. Yeah, on Thursday. I can't even. I, I'm, that's I'm so cool. I'm trying to imagine what is this good is going to be. I mean, it's going to be <laughs> a, it's going to be some really really deep cuts, I'm sure, and then just some uh, classic Matteos. And uh, either way, it'll be must view that'll be on 1 p.m eastern though on thursday so everything else 10 a.m as usual eastern but maddie on thursday at 1 p.m and then uh friday who knows maybe we'll uh have some nba news or maybe we'll just do nothing on friday who knows yeah see what happens see anyway uh check all our socials for all those thanks everyone for joining us and clipper bros you heard it here first have a great time turn up love you guys awesome thanks for joining us everybody and we'll (laughs) see you tomorrow As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.